This is the Everyday AI Show, the everyday podcast where we simplify AI and bring its power to your fingertips. Listen daily for practical advice to boost your career, business, and everyday life. Can you use ChatGPT across all areas of a company? That's one of the things that we're going to be talking about today on Everyday AI. This is your daily live stream podcast and daily newsletter. That's right. Go to youreverydayai.com to sign up for that newsletter. But this is yours. We talk about everything that's happening in the world of AI, and we bring on experts in their field to talk about how they or them or, or their companies are using AI. So before we bring on our guests, let's quickly talk about what's happening in the world of AI news. There's always a lot going on. It's hard to keep up. You can spend hours a day instead just instead just spend, you know, 15 minutes with us every morning. So as a reminder, if you're listening live, please drop a comment, especially when I bring our guests on for the day. But let's go ahead and run down what's happening because we have some big stories that are going on in the world of AI. So first, and this is hot off the presses. This has only been out for, I think, a couple of minutes. But the EU parliament has moved ahead with a monumental AI act. So it's called the European AI Act. And it is the first law in the kind of West, uh, in the Western world. So uh, essentially what's happening is they are saying these foundation models, such as ChatGPT, um, need to include provisions to ensure that their training data does not violate copyright law. So again, this is just kind of um, fresh and new. And there's been a lot of uh, kind of back and forth between OpenAI, the ChatGPT uh, parent company, and just different uh, you, you know EU nations in terms of, of regulation. So this is going to be very, uh, I'm not going to say exciting because it's, it's, Depending on 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 you know your thoughts on ChatGPT, but regardless, there's going to be a lot of uh, activity on this in the coming months, and also what this means for the U.S. So more on that in the newsletter. Uh, Salesforce, uh, you know, they've really been going all in on AI lately. So they just recently announced a comprehensive suite of of just AI infused software. Um, they're calling it uh, the I, I believe the software uh, or sorry Salesforce AI Cloud, and they have a starter pack. This does seem to be geared more toward enterprise companies, given its reported price tag of about $360,000 annually. Uh, so, you know, if, if you're a small business or an entrepreneur, probably not for you. But, uh, you know, if, if you're an enterprise company that's using Salesforce in every part of your, of your uh, business, you know, that's something to keep an eye out on. Uh, last but not least, the third of our news stories, and we'll have more in the newsletter, uh, Meta is releasing its own AI image creation model. So there's a lot of popular ones already on the market. From OpenAI, you have Dolly, private company called MidJourney, who uh, I think is the leader of the pack. Uh, Meta has released, so this is the uh, Facebook parent company. They've released their own version uh, of an uh, AI image creation model called iJepa. Um, and it's use it, it apparently is doing um, kind of this AI image creation a little different than the other models. And it's using what it says, knowledge of the world to complete images rather than kind of the similar technology that the other companies use, which is looking at nearby pixels to kind of like auto-complete an image. So uh, they haven't released a ton of samples. We'll go ahead and link their research paper in the newsletter that shows kind of some, some basic method, uh, methodologies, but um, it should be exciting to see what comes next and how uh, Meta can really push um, you know, what's going on in that space. So 
Those are the big pieces of news. Make sure to go to youreverydayai.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Read it because we're going to have a lot more about these and other stories. But let's bring in our guest for today. Uh, very excited. So we are uh, welcome to the show. We have Eric Bowmans. He is the VP of Technology and Security at Improving. Eric, hey, thank thanks. you so much for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, we have a great conversation to get to. Um, we're going to talk about ChatGPT, not just ChatGPT, but also how companies like Improving are, are using it and you know, even talk a little bit about Microsoft Copilot. So um, as a reminder... We have a couple of comments uh, for, for people who have who are tuning in. Uh, so if you do have a question uh, for Eric, please go ahead and, and drop that comment. So uh, a couple of people are already commenting and excited to hear what we're talking about. So Eric, just give everyone a quick overview uh, kind of of improving what you guys do and kind of what your role is uh, at, at improving. Yeah, absolutely. So improving is a IT consulting company, we do a lot of different IT consulting software development uh, for mid-market and large clients and, and some small as well. We actually have um, offices in Canada, U.S. and Mexico now, uh, around 1,600 consultants and growing. So a pretty big consulting team and a lot of different technical services. And so uh, one of the things that is super important to us is we are both advising our clients on technology, but also using technology yourself mm-hmm. is what AI is going to be doing for us. Um, an internal business capability, but also as a consulting area as well. And so I do want to quickly just kind of disclaim that as we're talking today, you know, this is not improving internal official stance on that. That's something that we are just like the rest of the world uh, learning to figure out that uh, working with our in-house counsel. I'm thinking about the security side. And then we have another uh, gentleman who's helping us from the consulting practices side. And so just to kind of that, we are thinking about this the same way a lot of other companies are. So as we talk today, it's more, how do we approach that problem? How are we, what issues are we seeing and how are we helping our clients as well think through this? So just wanted to get that out there as well. Yeah. And that's, and that's a great point. So let's, let's even talk about this because I'm sure you have people um, internally who are looking at you and you're obviously working with other uh, decision makers as well. Um, (laughs) You you know, so whether you want to talk about it through, you know, the lens of improving and what you guys are doing or just, you know, businesses of your size in general, but how do you think companies, should be handling the use of, you know, AI tools, you know, specifically, you know, chat GPT, because it's, you know, there's great power, but also, you know, great responsibility. So, so what's your take on just, you know, how you can moderate it and, and I I guess respectfully use it, um, you you know, in an office setting. Yeah, no, exactly. And I do think that's something that um, there's so many aspects to it, right? Because it is a super powerful and capable product today. And of course, some of the things that we're talking about too, like Copilot is coming soon. Um, and so not using it really is not an option, right? You are definitely mm-hmm. going to cripple yourself competitively if you decide we're just not going to use it. And so as I think about it, I'm a technologist, but I also have that legal and compliance background as well. So I have almost competing minds as I think about things like this. You talked about the copyright law, right? Um, coming from the EU. That's also something that... Um, already existed as a concern. We, we think about recent cases where software developers put code, proprietary copyrighted code in a chat GPT, didn't realize that they then would train on that. And then it would later spit that out. And now they violated U.S. copyright law, probably, we would assume, but also um, enable chat GPT to do that. And so as, as a consulting company or as just a, a any company of, that has your own intellectual property, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you exposing it? Are you losing it? 
because you are using a, a product like ChatGPT. Um, but also, how do you how do you use it and and get to where you need to be competitively? Because again, like I said, not using it it's not an option. Yeah, and and I'd say you know when companies are hiring, improving, whether it's in IT consulting or software development. I'm sure on the client side, there's maybe different expectations or maybe sometimes unspoken expectations in terms of, of your use of, of ChatGPT or, you know, like we talked about, you know, Microsoft Copilot or yeah. other or other AI tools. How do you handle that kind of balancing act between like, yes, um, yeah. you know, even, even if a client asks for something, like how do you how do you handle that? Because it is kind of a gray area, at least here in the U.S. for now. Could you use a new GPU chip to power AI on your computer and for free? What's up, y'all? This is Jordan, the host of Everyday AI, and we've got a chip for you. All right, so we're partnering with NVIDIA, you know, the third largest company in the U.S. by market cap, NVIDIA? Well, for their upcoming GTC conference. We'll be broadcasting live all week at the GTC conference starting March 18th. So make sure you join our special live streams for exclusive insights. And whether you're buying a ticket for the in-person conference in San Jose or registering for the free virtual conference, GTC is a can't miss. The biggest names in AI are going to be there and you can catch it all for free. Oh, that GPU chip we're giving away. All right. Yeah. So we've got a brand new shiny NVIDIA GPU with your name on it. You can even run their chat with RTX on your local machine. So to enter our giveaway, check the show notes for information or go to youreverydayai.com slash NVIDIA. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, we, we'd always refer to our clients' own decisions on that. So if they, for example, have said, hey, you know what? We are using Copilot. We are using ChatGPT. Uh, we would say, that's great. Give us the contours of how you want us to use it. Do you already have policies? Do you already have accounts and services? All those sort of things. Do you have your own controls in place with them to protect your intellectual property? If you do, awesome. Problem solved, right? Because they have made those business decisions They've put the relationships in place. They put the safeguards in place, and we kind of know those the contours of that. That's yeah. that's the minority. Right? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good point. And you know, um, explain a little bit. You know, and this is something I'm very curious about, Eric. You know, at a at a larger company such as Improving, um, you know, that is, you know. It's 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 always evolving, right? Like what chat, even what ChatGPT means or can yes. do, you know, four months ago is much different than now. You know, if if you have access to the internet and the ability to to bring in third party plugins, but you know, what are some of the more, um, I guess, meaningful or impactful ways that that you guys have used it? You know, so far, at least internally, because I know with clients, it's it's obviously on a case uh, case by case yeah. basis. But what are some ways that you've used it internally that you think kind of the everyday person? Can, can can learn from that. Yeah, so so I think it's it, what's amazing about it is that it can really reach into any vertical of your company, right? So we've talked about software development. That's kind of one of its oldest use cases. Um, but even as we think about compliance and policies, for example, uh, it's a it's a great tool to get you started. Uh, and I guess that's the other thing. My other caveat is I know that it makes mistakes, and so as I'm using it. I'm always going to double check and make sure that what it's giving me back is is valid. So, so think about a policy. Think about um, we'll just use privacy policy for example. Mm-hmm. It needs certain things to be in it to be effective. And so, 
as a professional, I could do all the research. I could write that out and I could then produce a perfectly good privacy policy. Or I could also say, hey, chat GPT, what are the good elements of a good privacy policy? And make sure that, you know, if it says mm. point number seven is X, Y, Z. Oh, yeah, that's also something I should be including. Right. So it's it's a almost like that teammate that's giving me input into the topic. I'm not relying on it. I'm not having it write the policy. I'd rather do that myself still. Uh, but it can absolutely give me that input. Likewise, if we're in marketing, you know, what are the good elements of a marketing campaign? Is something It's mm-hmm. going to spit out something, and there's a decent chance it'll remember something that you've forgotten. Um, so thinking about it as that friend that sits next to you that has some good ideas is, mm-hmm. is always an easy use case, no matter what department you're in. If it, um, you know, compliance, marketing, sales, uh, salespeople who are working on a proposal and they're like, could I say this more effectively? Here's here's all these words that I've written about about what we're going to do. Paste yeah. that in again, assuming that you're not violating any sort of intellectual property, and say, "Can you summarize this? Right? Can you can you give me the three bullets that uh, summarize these 500 words so that I can be a more effective communicator?" Um, is it, yeah, I think, again, yeah, I think I think you bring up a good point because you know, for for smaller businesses, as an example, had a great yeah. entrepreneur on on the show yesterday, and entrepreneurs yeah. are are really, I think, using ChatGPT more for content creation uh, or right. just AI programs in general for content creation. Where it sounds like you know maybe a better use case uh, for a company of your size is is more of ideation, uh, research, um, brainstorming, some yes. of those things. Um, so what? I guess it, at least if we're talking just ChatGPT, um, y- you know, what other barriers or um, you know, kind of boxes to check still have to happen um, in your mind to to be able to use it more at scale? Because you kind of talked about you know ChatGPT making things up, you know, hallucinations, yeah. which yeah. is something that we're we're actually going to talk about later uh, later in the week on the show. But you know, what what steps do you think have to um, be taken on the ChatGPT side? Or features until you can use it much more frequently across you know all areas of um of kind of a more enterprise size company yeah so i i think it's going to have to be twofold one obviously the safeguards around my information so that i feel more comfortable sharing mm-hmm. because it's better the more i share with it right everybody knows that if if i don't tell it what i need it to produce it won't produce what i want and so I do have to share a decent amount of information with it. And I know, you know OpenAI has the checkbox that says we won't use your data anymore. But also that has other features that, that turns off other features that are useful. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they've struck that balance yet. Um, but then the other side of that is, is how can we measure its accuracy with some confidence, right? So if it's mm-hmm. reporting back to me in a subject matter that I know, then I can be like, I think you're making stuff up. If I've asked it to talk about something that I don't really have that subject matter expertise in, it can make stuff up and I'll be like, that makes sense to me. And so how, how do we put that layer of self-evaluation almost of like, like can it detect its own hallucinations? I'm I'm not even sure. Right. But give you a confidence almost of like, Hey, I'm highly confident that I'm not making stuff up or, you know what? I probably made a bunch of stuff up. You should, you should go fact check what I just about, but I use the example here of a foreign language translation, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so, so we're international, Canada, US, Mexico. We have you know three languages within our company. Um, I received an, an email from one of our Spanish coworkers. Um, I can read enough Spanish that I know what he's talking about, but I can't write Spanish in a way that wouldn't sound like Google Translate. Mm-hmm. And so I, just for an experiment, um, did it in Google Translate and then also did it in ChatGPT. 
and had it output what I would have wanted to say in Spanish. And I read it. I'm like, I just don't think that's what a native speaker would have said. I think it's grammatically correct. Just like Google Translate tends to be grammatically correct. The chat GPT answer, I think, was was right. But it wasn't actually how someone would talk. And so um, if I just said, hey, translate my entire website to Spanish, mm-hmm. I believe I would be creating a very embarrassing piece of marketing for Spanish speakers, right? And so how yeah. do you take that... Um, expertise of again it's an area that i have enough knowledge that i can believe it and not enough knowledge that i can validate it and so and so that's i think a um maybe the question that i want to know how to trust it right so sure Sure. And, and and you bring up you bring up some some fascinating points um you know even asking chat gpt how confident are you in in this response you know i actually uh you know Pretty frequent listener of the show. Uh, I'll I'll give her credit. Uh, May Britt says that she asked ChatGPT, "Give me a confidence score on this. You know, is it zero percent? Is it a hundred percent?" And you know, she says she's getting varying degrees. So it's a that's an interesting take to ask. You know, uh, ChatGPT, how confident it is. Uh, Daniel, yeah. thank you for the comment saying you know exactly kind of uh, echoing uh, what Eric is saying that you need to be checking the answer regardless of where you get it from. Uh, whether it's Stack Overflow or ChatGPT, uh, that's a great point, Eric. Um, yeah. You know, let's let's quickly talk though, Eric, about uh, Microsoft Copilot. So, sure. um, for the everyday person, if you're not super familiar, uh, Microsoft Copilot is going to be a it's it's getting slowly rolled out, so it is kind of live for a select few customers. But if you think of what ChatGPT is capable of, and you have to log into a browser, think of that uh, throughout your entire operating system experience on Windows. So regardless of what Windows program you're using or on the actual operating system, you have that AI capability there. Um, Eric, what does this mean for you know improving specifically you know uh, when that is a, uh, rolling out, and also what does it mean for other companies and just the future of work? Yeah, no, I think this is going to be super exciting when it starts to produce the promised outcomes. Um, as with all marketing, it look it reads it, it sounds amazing. It's going to be wonderful. Reality, of course, will take some time. But you know, consulting uh, for, the, for those of you who haven't worked with consultants before, not only do we produce the work you asked us for, but one of the things that we also have to produce is a decent amount of documentation around what we're doing: status reports, uh, summaries, kind of all the sort of things that 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 show that we are doing what you asked us to do in, in a way that you can report to your leadership. Um, Copilot is one of those products that promises to help us do that. So for, I think a great example I saw, um, this is a slightly different tangent, but let's say you have an incident, you have a production outage, and from 7 p.m. to midnight, the team is just shooting emails back and forth. They're chatting in teams. All these things are happening, and it's midnight. The problem's solved. Everybody just wants to go to bed. However, there's an executive someone who needs that kind of that after action report. Well, Copilot promises to say, hey, you know what? I can read all the emails that were related. I can read all the Teams messages that were related, and I can produce that after action report. And I can even do it in PowerPoint for you with graphs and pretty things. And, and so you can, you can go to bed and have this executive report automatically sent. You can really just say, hey, Copilot, create an after action report for this incident with these people and send it to Jordan, and I'm going to bed. Again, I don't believe that's going to happen this year, but it's that amazing. But that kind of thing uh, is going to change it. Because you think about all the documents that you're processing as a human. You think about all the emails that you're reading, all the meetings you're attending, mm-hmm. all these 
a ton of information that flows past us, and we just sort of pick and choose what matters to us. If we have that co-pilot sitting next to us and it's paying attention to all that, mm-hmm. it can help us catch the things that we missed and, and create those summaries. Um, or even, and I, I like the idea that if I have an Excel document full of data, I can say, hey, analyze this data, summarize it in a Word document and a PowerPoint and send it to my CEO, right? Like, that's a thing that they're promising. Um, yeah. And so I think that, again, five years, 10 years, maybe that'll do exactly what we want. But just the fact that we can see it now is what I think is amazing. Or or at least, you know, to get get a start, right? Because yeah. someone's someone's ultimately going to be responsible to be t- turning those reports in. And instead yeah. of starting from scratch, maybe you you have a document that's maybe exactly. 50% complete already, which is a game changer, I think, just right there. Um, so as a reminder, we are um, kind of getting toward the end of our conversation. But if you do have any last uh, comments for Eric, please, please drop it in the chat. I will ask one, Eric. Um, yeah. You, you know, as someone and, you know, we talked about using ChatGPT throughout just all, all different parts of the organization. So combining that with, you know, Microsoft Copilot and kind of what you just previewed there. Um, yeah. How how do you see AI in general, impacting um, just, I, I won't say jobs because that, that's a whole nother discussion, but how do yeah. you see it impacting kind of um, productivity and output for, for larger companies? Um, I mean, is the, do you think the expectation will be, all right, now that we have all these tools that make us much more efficient, we should be doing 30, 40, 50% more business. Are those expectations going to come or do you think it'll be maybe just companies aren't going to be hiring you know new positions because of that increased output uh i know it's a big you know big that that requires a lot of uh you know deep and thoughtful conversation but i'd love to get your quick take on it sure yeah definitely a quick take i do think that there's a certain segment of of jobs that are doing what i just described today Mm -hmm. that should be figuring out how they can leverage these products to continue to do their job, right? Because otherwise the products will probably do their jobs for them. Um, but the truth is most companies don't have all the, all of those employees today anyway. Like I don't have somebody who can read all my emails and summarize them for an accident. Like, I don't have that person. And so I think it's more to your point of improved productivity. I become more effective doing what I do because those products exist and are able to, to, take the information that I'm producing and distill it down in a way that then becomes more useful. And so, so yeah, in our case, we're not losing people because of it. We're actually getting more productivity out of it. And, and, and in a way that doesn't impact jobs, it's not that, Hey, Eric is now you know 30% more productive. We don't need a second Eric. They probably didn't need a second Eric anyway, but, <laughs> right. but now I can actually do my job better. And so it is a overall net benefit to to both me as an employee and and you know improving as an employer as opposed to um, a risk, but you know no no question that there are job segments that that are threatened today by this because if that's all your job is is to produce these after action reports if you're at a company mm-hmm. that's big enough to have those that I could see being an impact, but I think most companies again don't actually have that staff today, and so this is more enabling than than threat yeah. more opportunity than threat. Yeah, no, that's obviously these things uh, require a lot of conversation, but I, I, I yeah. really appreciate, you, you know, your quick take on that, because I think that, um, you know, you, my takeaway from, from hearing you say that is, 
if you're in a position where you can be using AI, you should be, right? Because it's, you know, it is the, the, the way of the future. And even what you talked about, Eric, you know, when companies like Microsoft um, are infusing, you know, this, this type of technology into their core product offering, that's a signal of what's to come, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it's, it is going to happen whether we want it to or not. Um, Mm-hmm. Barring some crazy legislation or something that that's not the topic of today's show, yeah, this is coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what's what's happening. Uh, you know, unfolding uh, in the EU ever makes its way to the US. That's that's another another conversation for another day. But uh, Eric, yeah. thank you so much for joining us uh, on the Everyday AI Show. It was absolutely great. glad to be here. Thank you. All right, and just as a quick reminder, if you haven't already, please go to youreverydayai.com. Uh, sign up for our daily newsletter. Also, uh, if, if if you're not listening or if you are listening to this live, we come every day at 7.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, but it's also put out on a podcast. So uh, go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to uh, subscribe and follow us there. So uh, we hope to see you back tomorrow and every day on Everyday AI. Thank you. And that's a wrap for today's edition of Everyday AI. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating. It helps keep us going. For a little more AI magic, visit youreverydayai.com and sign up to our daily newsletter so you don't get left behind. Go break some barriers and we'll see you next time.